As we continue this time after Pentecost, learning what it means to live as God's people in the world, brothers and sisters, our reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, and we are going to read verses 13 through 21. Listen to God's word for you this morning. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who has sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And the man thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is for those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Holy God, you see us for just who we are. And yet you love us with a parent's love. In your enduring love for us, we see both our guilt and our acquittal. Gracious God, continue to guide us and teach us to walk in your ways. As we hear the proclamation of your word, remind us that we have been raised with Christ and inspire us to seek the things that are above through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So Luke tells us a story of a man, brothers and sisters, who was concerned about his share of the family inheritance and who wanted Jesus to help him talk sense into his brother's head. Now in old Israel, an older brother would receive two-thirds of an estate, while the younger would receive one-third. Maybe this man was up against a more powerful brother, about someone who didn't want to give him his share of the inheritance. And to many of us, it sounds like a frightfully well-known story because there's always problems with last wills and testaments and inheritances. So we can relate. But this man wants Jesus to help him possess his rightful possessions. But what is clear, brothers and sisters, is there is a break in the family relations. A family then and a family now may well be the primary and the central community unit in any society. 
But in our story, Jesus refused to get sucked into a triangle and to be held responsible to carry the emotional burden of this relationship. And instead, Jesus said to them, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then Jesus tells them this well-known parable about a rich man whose grain silos were already full to overflowing. And then he harvested another bumper crop. And of course, immediately, the only thing he could think of was about himself. And he wanted to keep this abundance for himself, and he makes plans accordingly. And when you think of it, if you had a big harvest, it is just prudent and wise to build bigger barns to store the additional harvest so that nothing goes to waste. Somehow I think it's just good stewardship to take care of what you get. But in our story, God called this man a fool. And we who have done our best and are doing our best to get retirement planning in place, we who have worked many years to have what we have, and we who have our life and health insurance and six months salary for emergency in the bank, we wonder how many of us would be called fools this morning. And why God would call prudence and planning foolish. Maybe we feel just a little bit guilty. For the, for the moment at least. Or if you think you don't have all that much, you may think that this parable is not really for you. But wait, brothers and sisters, this is a parable. This is a story told by Jesus which someone said has a sting in the tail. What you read is not just what you read. The meaning of what you see is not just the meaning of what you think you see. And it's a danger of, that we will read parables and treat them as we do other stories. Or that you will start looking for meaning in every single element in the story. And in this way, miss the sting in the tail. So my question is, is this parable about money? Is this therefore a very good stewardship campaign sermon and you know we're not there yet? Is it a warning against hoarding? Or against preparing for the future through investments and insurance and being prudent and being wise? Personally, I don't believe that this parable is about any of that. And I don't think it's about our wealth or the need to give to the church. So what is in the tale of this parable then? And why does God call this rich farmer a fool? Without reading anything into this parable, I'm thinking that this parable is about the rich farmer's isolation about the fact that he doesn't have any relationships, about the fact that he has withdrawn from community with other peoples, with other people. And as his possessions grow, his life shrunk. 
His world becomes smaller and smaller. And he missed the companionship of other people. And this, brothers and sisters, made him a fool. In amassing it all for himself, he filled his life with things and crowded out what gives real life. If you go back and you read this parable, you will see how the farmer talks to himself. And in the end, the first personal singular pronoun almost overwhelms us when we read it. He's talking to himself. He's talking about himself. He's talking for himself. Which makes me wonder if there was anybody else in his life. Anybody who cares for him, who cares anything, anyone he cares about. Was there anyone who even appeared on his peripheral vision where he was so far out in front of the crowd? You see, in the end, no one would benefit from his abundant harvest. He was just thinking about how he would get the most out of everything he had and out of his abundant new harvest and how he would live comfortably ever after. The farmer, in other words, fell prey to the same idea which is prevalent in our society. He believed that he could secure his future, that he needed no one, not even God, and can go through life alone. And I was thinking, after visiting many of our members in the beautiful homes that they worked hard for, what good is a home like that if you cannot entertain people? if you cannot welcome people into your life and into your home. But God calls this man a fool because, brothers and sisters, no one, not even the richest among us or the poorest, for that matter, is immune to death. And this rich man would die alone and everything he has stored up will not protect him. And we don't read about anyone who loved and respected him and who could put the inheritance to good use. There is just this one haunting question. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? I don't know how we should read the last verse. So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. Personally, I wonder how anyone can be rich to God if they are not rich to other people. If they don't have other people in their lives and friends in their lives. You know, Martin Luther said, God needs neither our good works nor our wealth, but our neighbor does. We don't really know whom Jesus had in mind when he told this parable. Did he tell it to the two brothers who were standing there with him asking him to be a judge? Did he say it to the crowd who was there? Or to his disciples who was close by? Or did he say it to all of them and to us? The question is how do we hear this parable today? How do we members of Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church hear this parable. We who are mostly are somewhat older, somewhat advanced in life. 
Maybe this is a good text about our financial stewardship and how we give. If you look at our financial report in the bulletin. Maybe there is a parable about how we share ourselves with other people. How we welcome people in our lives and, and how we share in the ministries of Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church. All the many places. Maybe it is something about the fact that we have not really given unless it becomes a sacrifice. Unless you miss it. One of my friends said, give until you bleed, then it's an offering. Or as an email said this past week to me, I believe stewardship should not be reserved and addressed only at a certain few weeks as if it is some kind of special hope you will participate drive that has arrived. I agree. Brothers and sisters, stewardship is about living every day, every week, in relationship with God, in relationship with human beings, with one another, with our possessions and our wealth. All the things we have in abundance. I wonder if what Jesus is saying here is that holding our time and our privacy and our life and possessions and talents and friends and family too tightly, that squeezes out real life, causes us to be fools. Maybe this is a story about inheritance, I don't know. Maybe it is about stewardship and fellowship and the community in which we find hope, sustenance for our faith and comfort, where we experience life with God. Maybe I, I personally think this is it. It is about our life together and how we share ourselves freely and our possessions and our, our places where we live. And I know what you're thinking because I'm also human. I understand community is not easy. Because it means I must put up with people who always disagree with me. People who do not heed my sound and wise advice. <laughs> people, brothers and sisters, they also annoy and hurt me, just like they do to you. And I know this congregation story and our history of the past year or so, and I know names. I have heard stories. Yet in the kind of fellowship that Jesus' community is called to be. Forgiveness. You remember last week? For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Forgiveness and trust and transparency and sharing real life is vital. Because it is God's will that we not be alone. Maybe the two brothers didn't get this parable. I wonder how they resolved the issue of the differences over inheritance. I know too many families where they never reconciled because of inheritance. Did the farmer in the parable get it? He who was so rich in possessions but absolutely dirt poor in his relationships. 
So I don't know what stands in the way of you and your relationship with your children and with your family and the people around you, your neighbors, and with your church, Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church. I don't know what stands between you and true living community. And I don't know what you build your expectations on for your future. But brothers and sisters, I think that last sentence reached toward God, apart from being a beautiful and inspiring phrase, does beg us to stop and to think. What does a heart and a lifestyle and a home and a bank account reached toward God look like? Maybe it means guarding against greed instead of obsessing over fairness. Maybe it means holding our mortality closer than we want to. Maybe it means that we should ask hard questions about what makes us feel secure and insecure. Maybe it means acknowledging that even our hard-earned, well-earned, self-earned wealth comes from God and belongs to God. But maybe it means that we should prioritize our interconnectedness with other people over our personal gain and our asset management and holding on to what we have. Maybe it also means that we should dialogue with God more passionately than we monologue with ourselves. Maybe it means holding human wisdom lightly in the light of God's wisdom. God confronts this rich landowner with most chilling words. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. Are we listening? What would change about our material lives, our finances, our relationships, our property ownership, if we really believe this? What would we do differently if we believe that God does in fact demand our lives from us every single day, in every single way, because God does, doesn't he? But this God that we believe in, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, also offers us life in abundance. Offers us life in community and life in relationship and that in abundance. Do you get the message? Be rich toward God. Don't shy away. Be brave and wrestle with what this invitation means. Because the richness that we spend on God, brothers and sisters, is the only richness, richness which we'll keep in the end. Amen.